everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And for years now, I've been saying that tech will lose to rice. And you know what? It's looking like this year will be one of those years. <laughs> Maybe. We did last year, but I don't think you predicted it last year. So Yeah. So it's always the opposite of what I say, and I will not abuse my power. Matt will not win the lottery. <laughs> Give me two weeks. All right. Well, you'll win it in three then, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't so. think really tech has won the conference realignment lottery, but they were able to add a new school to oh, the man. conference this past week that will take place, I believe, going into the 2024 season. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nathan, I, uh, you missed the owl to owl transition there. Ah, um, dang. So I just, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Kennesaw State joining Conference USA in 2024. I don't know how much we want to how much time we want to spend on this, but obviously they'll be coming up from FCS, uh, making this the third of the four new member or five new members, excuse me, of Conference USA to be um, an FCS um, up and comer. Or you know, as just, my father would call them, I saw state. Is your father's name Ken? It is. <laughs> Between that and all of my did you did you guys kind of see the news uh, jokes? I, I think this one this one is bad news for our Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but I Definitely. mean, just speaking sort of objectively, they're pretty new football program. I believe they started in like 2015. Uh, they've they've won a bunch of games in their sort of early tenure. They were the first startup program in college football history to post consecutive 11 win seasons during its first five years. So it took them a couple years, but then, they, then they've, uh, then they've won 11 games in three straight years. Anyway, they were also, uh, and this is, I think the, the best news for us, uh, baseball fans, uh, also in a regional last year. So that's pretty cool. Um, new, new CUSA baseball is looking pretty good actually with DBU and Liberty and, uh, and now uh, Kennesaw. So yeah. it's really the hoop more. troop. I'm excited for with this one, though, because we have another school we can do. Kennesaw is not a state. It's just a junior college chant for. I say we. I'm five years removed from college, but <laughs> I'm happy that that chant gets to be used a lot more. And the WAC, we had a bunch of those blank state schools, but not so many in, in CUSA 2.0. Yeah. So Kennesaw, I mean, I, I think the jury's out on this and we'll have to see what else happens in terms of realignment. But um, not the worst move, you know, we're trying to emulate what the Sunbelt did during the last round of realignment. And I think they, they proved that that can be a sustainable model. Just pick good programs and don't worry about them being in big cities. Now, if somebody would tell the American athletic conference that maybe, uh, maybe they'll give us a call, but anyway, enough about those owls. How about the rice owls? Yeah. What about them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I'll answer my own question. Okay. Tech is nine and five all time against the Rice Owls, but on a one game losing streak after Skip Holtz decided to punt on. Oh, God, I forgot about this fourth and yep. one with one nineteen left. Yep. And then they returned the punt to like the 10 yard line. So <laughs> we God. lost. <sighs> yep. Even when Skip was already fired, the man, he, he stuck true to his, you know, his true core. He did not give up his principles. You no, know. shithousery to the very end. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's jump into this actual team. I don't because... know if I want to anymore. 
well, this will make you feel better because offensively, uh, Rice's offense. Well, that was a that was a great sentence. Rice's in. offense is not very good. They're pretty bad, mediocre at best across the board. Um, they are 102nd overall in terms of total yards. And after last week, y'all will be especially glad to hear that they are 98th in rushing offense with 127 yards per game. So uh, what's that like? Like a quarter of what, <laughs> of yeah. what uh, North Texas did to us last week. Um, they're slightly better through the air, averaging 225 yards per game. That's 83rd in the country, but um, only scoring 28 points per game, which is lower than Tech. So that's that's nice. Yeah, the thing that really stands out to me for this offense is, yeah, yeah, the running game's not great. The passing game is middle of the pack, but it's the interceptions and sack numbers that seem to jump out at me. Remember how Tech had that problem with throwing the most, or like their interception thrown percentage was the highest in college football for a while? Well, two straight weeks of not throwing interceptions has dropped them from 131st or whatever it was to 122nd. Okay. Meanwhile, Rice is 131st. Nice. Yeah. 7.4% uh, of their pass attempts go for interceptions. Texas wow. is now down to 5.3. Nice. Yeah. And we've thrown the ball a lot in the last two games, too. So that that helps a lot. But yeah, their quarterback, TJ McMahon, doesn't seem great. He's completing the ball OK, about 59% of his completion. So not the worst, but still not very good. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he's he's got 10 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. So um <laughs> Not not very good uh, there. Yeah, and the other part of that equation, too, and possibly why he's throwing so many interceptions is because he's under pressure a lot. Kind of like Parker McNeil was this past week. Tech is allowing sacks on 8.8% of Parker McNeil's dropbacks. Meanwhile, Rice is allowing over 10% of the quarterback dropbacks to end in sacks. Wow. So just about one in 10 plays ends as a sack. One in 10 passing plays, that is, ends in a sack. Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately for us, I mean, we have no pass rush, but <laughs> yeah, we have six total sacks on the season and two and a half of those are from Jaden Cole. Uh, we have one we have one defensive lineman with a sack, Kershawn Fisher. But yeah, I mean, we talked about the run game not being very good. I mean, advanced stats actually show that they're more successful on run plays. So their their expected points added is zero point one two. Um, while on pass plays, it's negative 0.24. I think that's probably because they throw a lot of interceptions. So there's a pretty high, like a relatively high percentage that on a pass play, they'll throw a pick, which is going to lead the other team to to score points. But um, tell me about the running backs, Nathan. Anything jump out at you there? Yeah, so Ari Broussard is really the name to know in this game. Uh, 85 attempts on the air, 233 yards. Not really averaging all that high of an yards per carry number that's like 2.7 which i guess we'll take if we had him on our team he'd be our leading running back uh, but has scored nine touchdowns yeah seems like a short yardage kind of guy but i mean they've also handed the ball off to him more than double than any other running back on the team so that's pretty interesting um to me 85 carries through what six games uh, but only 233 yards is kind of bad uh, they do have some other running backs on their team. Uh, one that stands out to me is a guy named Cameron Montgomery. Um, he hasn't carried the ball more than five times in a single game, but he is averaging 7.8 yards per carry. Kind of reminding me of Aodei in this past North Texas game. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> hand the ball off and he just explodes, but he's only, you only want to use that kind of guy every now and then to keep his Seven explosiveness. Seven carries for 122 yards for, uh, 
for AO in that game. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully this guy, Cameron Montgomery, will not remind us of Adeyi's performance uh, last week. And then also another guy getting a few running uh, rushing attempts throughout the year, but mostly receptions. Luke McCaffrey listed as a receiver. At one point, he was listed as a tight end. He was playing quarterback before this season, just kind of all over that offensive side. He's run the ball five times for nearly 50 yards, so 10 yards a clip, and then also catching the ball. The most receptions by far on the team with 33 for 384 yards, uh, including three touchdowns. Not their only guy that they have catching, but I mean, he's just kind of the face of this Rice team right now, I think. Yeah. Matt, does anybody on this offense stand out to you? Uh, They had a couple of pretty good wide receivers. Um, Rushers. Rushers. Sorry. Rushers. Looks like they kind of evenly split the ball between two guys. I see where Rosner... Okay, the thing that jumps off the chart about Rosner, who I will go ahead and pick as my player to watch, is only 19 receptions, but leads the team in yards and touchdowns. Averaging yeah. 23 and a half yards per reception. So, uh, yeah. Uh, not bad, Cotton. Yeah, he, he looks like the deep threat on this team. I don't know how Tech has done against him in the past. Let me try to look into that. But, yeah, he's he's definitely, you know stretching the field right like 23 and a half yards per catch is pretty crazy yeah but this kind of reminds me of the boom and bust nature of utep's leading receiver who tech for the most part shut down if you take away someone's greatest weapon and you're left with just a bunch of mediocrity at quarterback which it looks like mcmahon is very meh 10 touchdowns 10 picks 1200 yards uh take away that one threat you pretty much shut the team down so Technically, that we could be seeing Tech versus UTEP all over again, which after what we all went through last Saturday, I'm all here for it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like they're a little bit more one dimensional on offense. They don't have a great run game, which will help since our run defense is so bad. But also we have cornerbacks who I think can shut down, you know, one or two receiving threats, which is really, really nice because Rosner looks pretty good uh, and in 2019, the last time he played against Tech, he, he had five catches for 64 yards. Uh, so, you know, pretty decent stats um, in that game. But, you know, I think I think our cornerbacks this year are the sort of lone bright spot other than Tyler Grubbs on this defense. So um, hopefully, you know, Miles Brooks and, and Willie Roberts can shut that guy down. Meanwhile, their defense will try to shut us down even though they haven't been too successful in doing so this so far this year. But that's kind of par for the course when it comes to Conference USA defenses. The vast majority of them are below average. They are allowing 32.4 points per game in non-FCS games. It's 93rd best in the country. Uh, there, we mentioned points per play earlier. And again, if we're excluding the FCS games, 0.524, which is a number that doesn't really mean much, but it is 115th best. So pretty close to the bottom there. Uh, the number that really stands out to me for them, they're allowing third down conversions on 46% of the attempts the other team makes, which is 114th best in the country. So if Tech ends up in those third and tens and runs the ball, they may end up picking them up just because Rice has been very bad at stopping third down so far this year. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, their their total defense is actually pretty good too. 35th overall 346 yards allowed um they give up a lot more on the ground than through the air which is a bad sign for us because we're obviously reversed from that you know they're 22nd in passing yards allowed we're we're the 20th ranked uh pass offense in the country so it'll be interesting to see that battle unfold you know and one thing that stands out to me just looking at their ncaa stat 
profile here is that they are 83rd in third down conversion defense, but they're second overall, only allowing 14% on fourth down conversion. So we know Sonny Cumbie likes to go for it. I wonder if he's looking at this stat saying, hmm, maybe I ought to punt uh, punt or go for field goals more often. But uh, and we're halfway through the season, so that's a pretty decent sample size too. They're also averaging one takeaway per game. So not really the biggest threat when it comes to Will Parker McNeil go back to his intercepting ways. It's not like this is a team that forces a lot of them throughout the course of the season so far, at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, one other thing, not a ton of like QB pressure here. There's only 13 sacks um, on the season. But again, that's that's over double what Tech has, but still not very good. Um, one guy on their defense has three and a half. He's a linebacker, Josh Percy. Um, and then one guy with two and a half, Ikenna and Chukwu. Um, whose name I think I remember from last year, and then a couple guys with one or one and a half. So, um, yeah, I mean, not a not a ton of threats there. But if Tech's offensive line plays as poorly as we did last week, or if we get into a situation where we have to pass on like third and fifteen, you know, they do have some guys who can find the quarterback. So let's talk about possibly some of those guys that could that could either find the quarterback or find other ways to contribute in this game. Let's go to players to watch. Uh, Evan, you want to start us out with a player to watch? Yeah, I mean, I I think really I'm watching for the offensive scheme of Rice and, you know, how are they going to take advantage of the gigantic gargantuan holes in our run defense? Um, I don't think Ari Broussard is that guy. Um, So I'm expecting them to lean heavier into somebody like a Cameron Montgomery who's only carried the ball 27 times but has almost the same amount of yards as Ari Broussard, who's carried the ball 85 times. I mean, he's he's 22 yards shy um, in 60 less carries. You know, that, that's insane. Um, so I, I would expect to see a lot of creative running uh, game from them. Uh, TJ McMahon also will carry the ball sometimes, but uh, he's got 37 carries for 34 yards. So not too big of a threat. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think we got to watch that run game and, you know, we're making, uh, we're making champions here in the, uh, with our run defense. So we're, we're just going to have to clamp down on whoever's carrying the ball. Yeah, Matt, do you have somebody? Didn't I already do this? <laughs> I know it wasn't too early. Yeah. Well, I will double down on Rob here because anyone who gets so few targets compared to the rest of the receiver core, receiving core and has the highest numbers in total yards and touchdowns and is averaging well over 20 yards of reception, is a dangerous player to watch out for. I said this a little while ago, shut that kid down. Might be the key to getting out of uh, this uh, this home game with a victory. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy I'm going to pick to watch is Myron Morrison. He's a linebacker. He's also one of the few players so far this year that has pulled down an interception for race. Uh, I think that our running game... I hope I really hope to get it involved. And so this is a guy that will try to stop that from happening. And then also the ability to catch an interception. He didn't have a single one last year, but I mean, he's got one this year. So maybe he's the one that breaks Parker McNeil's streak because it feels a little too good to be true to think that it's been two games without an interception for him. Um, I think at this point, not that he hasn't progressed, but I think he's kind of due for a bad pass that ends up getting intercepted. So I think that, that's something that Myron Morrison may take advantage of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So before we jump to our predictions of how we think this game will go, let's go to the computer polls. 
Massey gives Tech a 47% chance to win this game, 31 to 28 owl victory predicted. ESPN FBI gives Tech favorable odds, a 55.5% chance to win this game. And Vegas swings back the other way. Rice is favored by three with an over-under of 58.5, so that's about what Massey predicted, a 31-28 Rice victory. Uh, Another close game predicted here. Do we think that this one ends up being that close, or is it like North Texas where one team just ends up dominating the other? It'll probably probably be closer than we uh, think. Uh, I still don't think I'm ready to say that Tech's going to pull out a victory here, but uh, if they can shut down uh, Rosner like they did a uh, UTEP league receiver, I have a pretty good feeling that they'll come out with a victory. Um, I'd probably go ahead and say that Tech gets out of this with a win. I don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring. I feel uh, I'm feeling a good I'm feeling a good uh, 28 to 17 here. Uh, Tech wins. Wow, that that feels a little too good to be true to me. But Evan, what do you think? Um, I think we're going to score a bunch of points. Um, I think the offense left a lot of points on the field last week against North Texas, scored a bunch of points against um, UTEP. And, you know, I think I think Rice and UTEP probably are are pretty comparable defensively this season. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't lost a game at home yet under Cumbie. Uh, this will be the third chance for that. So not a huge sample size. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Rice can score that much. They can't run the ball. They seem to be pretty much feast or famine. And we've got some guys on our defense who can intercept the ball. Uh, BJ Williamson with that great catch against North Texas last week. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like we match up really well in this game because of the fact that like their weakness is run offense. Our weakness is run defense. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're a little bit above their normal average um, but that would still be below our normal average allowed. So um, I'm feeling like 38 to 20. I think this one's not close. 38 to tech, 20, which way? Tech, tech wins, to be tech clear. Wins. Yeah. I don't know, guys. After last week and how poorly this defense played, and I guess this season has been a pretty big roller coaster when it comes to showing out one week falling asleep the next, coming back out with some fire, then having that fire go out throughout the course of that week. Rice is not as good as North Texas, but, I mean, these games they've played so far this year have been kind of close, with the exception of USC, who they started the season against, and who's, I mean, uh, ULL, they beat by 12, but then they lost to Houston by 7. They beat UAB by 4. They lost to Florida Atlantic by 3. This is a team that's played a lot of close games against some pretty good teams, especially UAB, Houston, and even Florida Atlantic that gave North Texas a run for their money. I think this is a game that the Rice Owls win by two scores, honestly, uh, with the, this Tech team that I've seen so far. more than We need more than just a passing offense to be able to be successful in Conference USA. And it's nice that we finally have that clicking, but it always seems like we can only have one thing clicking at a time. So I think this is a, I think this is like 35-17 Rice. 35-17 Rice. Wow. Yikes. That would not be fun. Nope. But I'll be there to suffer with it. (laughs) Well, let's raise spirits a little bit and go to the tweet of the week. Because anytime we get to talk about Junior Lofton, it's a pretty good time. Evan, what's what's this week's Junior of the week? What's this week's tweet of the week? 
junior of the week. Might as well be. Um, uh, so I, okay. How do I explain this? So this week's tweet of the week is going to Junior Lofton, as you said, um, who, by the way, has some new shirts coming out with uh, World Envision um, that are actually like Bulldog and Blue and Red. So that's pretty dope. But that's not what it, this is about. Uh, Junior Lofton tweeted some eyeball emojis at FedEx Forum. Uh, <laughs> this is this is convoluted as hell. Uh, Junior Lofton, in a video for the Memphis Grizzlies, was wearing a WWE belt. Um, the Memphis Hustle tweeted that out. And then FedEx Forum said, good thing WWE will be here on January 6th. And then Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, tweeted some eyeball emojis at that. So uh, good to see Junior like in the little, you know, he, he made the roster, by the way, for the uh, opening night lineup for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, um, you know, he's in there recording some like, uh, like hype video stuff for, for the stadium, I guess. Um, and that's why, that's why he's in there with the green screen and the WWE belt on. So just great to see it, man. Yeah. Anytime. Like you said, we get to talk about junior loft and it feels like a good time. And you know, if I get to watch junior suplex someone in the WWE, I'll be very happy. Do you expect it to, um, like be on the bench? Yeah, he made the roster. Yeah, he made. Yeah, that's true. We didn't even mention that. Yeah, he made the opening night roster for Memphis. So I know he's on a two way deal. So he's starting off the year in Memphis, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but their D League team is also in Memphis, (laughs) so that doesn't really say anything. I guess. Yeah, you're right. He's starting the season off for the Grizzlies, coming off the bench. Yes. Yeah. So he he can play. He can be on the roster, I believe, for fifty games. Before they'd either have to send him down to the uh, to the hustle or sign him to a one uh, one way contract, but you know just the fact that he made that roster and isn't just immediately being sent to the hustle is a great sign. You know we'll see how many minutes he gets, but honestly, the Grizzlies open um, their season this week and they're playing Dallas for Dallas's um, home opener on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and if we were not going to Rustin, we might go just so we can like see Junior on the bench <laughs> at an NBA game. But we're going to Rustin, so sorry, Junior. Hope he gets some minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he wins Cause, the MVP. Because the Grizzlies are not a bad basketball team. They're kind of like one of those up-and-comer teams right now with John yeah. Morant and uh, they got a couple of other pieces that have come in that are going to help complement his style of ball. So I saw Grizzlies John Morant at the, uh, at the Dallas Wings playoff game here that I went to. Uh, he was sitting courtside for a Dallas Wings game for some reason. I don't know why, um, but they like they showed him on the jumbo trial. I was like, oh, he plays a junior. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Yeah, well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our website where you can do the contest. Uh, right now, Jake Stewart has a commanding lead, but there are still several players that could get into it. Or, you know, you could play this week for the first time and enter the leaderboard and see how high up you can get. You can do that at contest. You can also play the Fancy Football Challenge, which resets every week, so there is no need to worry if you miss a week. And that's at gtpdd.dog slash fantasy. Pick your roster of KUSA players and see who has the best score at the end of the week. And buy a shirt. 
the October Show of the Month is still available because, you know, it's still October and it's a 1972 Grantland Rice Bowl National Champs shirt. It's too late to get the shirt this weekend, but, um, you know, you can order it to commemorate this weekend uh, since, you know, Homefield is not messing around and making tech shirts yet. Yeah, we have to make them for him. So get that shirt and wait another 50 years to wear it, maybe. I don't know. I don't think that's the lesson to take away from this, but as long as you get the shirt, I don't really care that much. GTPDD.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Yeah, we have six total sacks on the season, and two and a half of those are from Jaden Cole. Uh, we have one. We have one <laughs> defensive lineman with a sack, Kershawn Fisher. Jaden Cole, one sack for each nut punched. Um, <laughs> Did he punch two and a half nuts? I think he said it was two, but I don't know. <laughs>